The Batman tags in Spider-Man, Archie Bunker feels the heat, and the dude abides. This week on 302010. Welcome to 302010, the internet's leading uh, pop culture time machine. Uh, this podcast will take you back in time, 30, 20, and 10 years ago. We will be discussing the week of March 2nd through the 8th of 1988, 1998, and 2008. Maybe you'll recognize some of these things, some of these news stories, some of these movies, some of this music, some of these video games and television. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Antista. I am the Rasta version of Matt J. <laughs> I'm Diana Goodman, and I tie the room together. Ah. <laughs> I'm oh. kind of bummed that even like I like I almost I wanted to keep it a secret this whole time like that, the, that there's a certain movie coming mm, and I just just drop it like a bottle like PS this movie like it's, it's I'm still not even saying it because I want it to be a thing. It's pretty awesome when we know we have like we have one thing that makes this whole episode better that yes. we get to talk about this yeah. one thing. In fact, I would say shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> Audience, you're out of your element. Hang on. <laughs> we will get there in just a second. Starting as we do in 1988, March 2nd through the 8th, topping off a little bit of news. Uh, what is this, D? Uh, March 3rd in the UK, the Liberal Party and the Social Lips. Democrat Party merge to become the Liberal Democrat Party. Ugh. They're still going, and they have about like 13 whole seats in Parliament out of like 650. Parties can merge? But there's more than two parties everywhere else. Um, just saying that no. there were two left parties. And then they joined up to be a bigger left party. You, you, no, no, no. I'm going to be the centrist here, and then we're going to split off from the real left. Hey, the um, green, green Party matters. I guess. No. They um, tried to matter. Nope. They, everything's black and white. Yeah. You're one or the other. Yeah, That's, you're right. The, um, Good or bad. Also on uh, March 7th. Oh, uh, wow, another writer's strike. This is going to screw us up as we get into fall. Really? Yeah. This is uh, Mar- a writer's strike started on March 7th. It's the longest in their history. So longer than that 2008 one by far. Mm. It's starting in March. It will end in August. This is back when every show had like 70 episodes a year. So you're just like <laughs> writing all the time. So if you go on strike for more than a couple months, it's like you're boned. I mean, we, we were marveling at that on another podcast we were doing that like all these old all these old shows, like when I was growing up, that the Adams Family has video games for my generation because mm-hmm. the Adams Family had somehow survived from like the sixties. They had games they, because of reruns. Mm. They Crazy. had two seasons, but in those two seasons, they made enough to make a syndication. Yeah, order. Star Trek had three, Batman had three. Yes, it's mm. Batman has three seasons and almost two hundred episodes. Mm-hmm. Those writers were worked to the bone <laughs> up until the nineteen eighties, and I really hope from here on out. If the writer's strike is really happening, that means in like six months, it's going to be all Circus of the Stars and Disneyland specials. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I hope so. Well, NBC got off easy in that we've got the Summer Olympics. Mm. So they've, they're covered. Everyone else, it's going to be a lot of reruns and maybe some new specials. Mm. And yeah, like they hadn't really figured out the reality television angle. Yeah. Yet. Sometimes those are more fun to talk about. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm wondering. They don't have reality television show to lean on. We talked this about period. that plane thing a few weeks ago. That was interesting. Oh, yeah, mm. uh, well, to me, <laughs> to Matt, and then we can move on to movies of 1988, March 2nd through the 8th. Good morning, Vietnam is still numero uno at the box office. Uh, these other movies, man, these are such vague memories. All of mm-hmm. these. This movie sounds problematic. <laughs> okay, and God created woman, the 1988 one with Rebecca De Mornay. Now here's where it's confusing. The same director, Roger Vadim, who did Barbarella, 
Also oh. did another movie called And God Created Woman back in the 50s with Brigitte Bardot. And that one, people remember. This one, not so much. Is it like a straight up remake of his no, previous film? No, they're completely unrelated. Wow. He just felt like using the title again because it's fun. I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to be stupid. thinking of titles every day. I'm a director. Did yeah. this one have zero G naked ladies in it? No. Nah. Then no thank you. Um, Even I, with Frank Langella. Nope. I remember this movie only because I was a huge fan of the original Superman. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, the original, the movie Superman. And I was like, this Christopher Reeves guy is the best. I want to see him in every movie. And then I pick up this at the, on the VHS shelf. And oh, like, I'm sorry. Yeah, no thanks. I'm not, I'm not watching Switching Channels with uh, <laughs> Kathleen Turner and Burt Reynolds. A remake of The Front Page slash His Girl Friday. For the modern <laughs> For era. The... No, it's a straight remake. Wow. Well, oh, wait. But Burt Reynolds is not Cary Grant. Mm. But still, Burt Reynolds and Christopher Reeve in the front page sounds pretty fucking cool. Yeah. It's not good? No. That sounds like... If, that Have sounds you like... heard of it before now? <laughs> no, but that sounds like the perfect pitch to me. Like That, sound, that sounds no. like a great... Like, no, hey, but... Kathleen Turner, Burt Reynolds, and Christopher Reeve are in a, like, a screwball comedy? Right. All right. No, but Christopher Reeve is like the guy that Kathleen Turner's leaving Burt Reynolds for. And so he just has to be sort of nice and put upon. He doesn't really... Yeah. Do a lot. Yeah, I think there's a bit where like he like at least according to the trailer, I could not find a good part of the trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, that like he has a fear of heights and Burt Reynolds tricks him into getting in a glass elevator and he like freaks out and lays down on the floor. Mm, man, it's- you you gotta see eh. the poster just for that pause purple suit that Christopher Reeve is, <laughs> is rocking. He looks like Easter egg candy. That oh is a wonderful God. suit. Is uh, there a part where uh, Kathleen Turner does a voiceover where she's like, can you hear my thoughts? <laughs> 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 Whoa, it's we also have a movie called Prison. With Prison, Viggo Mortensen's first starring role. 1988. Viggo in 1988. I didn't hear about him until like 2001. Yeah. yeah. I knew yeah. Him. Aragorn is when everyone. Yeah. Found out yeah. About he'd, him, right? he'd, been, he'd been hanging out and doing stuff. He mm-hmm. like popped up on Miami Vice, I guess, before this. And mm-hmm. he's basically yeah. an extra in Witness. Like, he doesn't really do anything. <laughs> like, you watch it now and you're like, hey, uh, he's gone. <laughs> um, but this. I'm curious about because it's basically a haunted prison. Yeah, a horror movie. And it's been re-released by Shout Factory. Really? The Scream Factory. Cool. And again, I wish I had good audio clips. Mm-hmm. The trailer's really scary. Mm-hmm. And there's like dudes getting wrapped up in barbed wire and thrown through roofs and shit. Whoa. <laughs> it looks pretty gory. But I guess it's got a, a decent um, reputation. Also directed by Rennie Harlan. It's a second Damn. movie. Damn. After after uh, Nightmare on Elm Street four. After Nightmare on Elm, well, before Nightmare on Elm Street four. Before Nightmare on Elm Street four. The Blu-ray is only eighteen and, bucks on Amazon. Mm. And before mm. like Cliffhanger and Long Kiss Goodnight and mm. fun movies. Fun movies. Uh, Die Hard two. He did Die Hard, Die Hard 2, two, right? Yeah. Um, this and I remember trying to track this movie down when I found out it exists. You mean to tell me? You mean to tell me? Richard Pryor, Dana Carvey, and Randy Quaid are in a movie, and I've never ever seen it. Damn. And it's called Moving. <laughs> Richard Pryor is Arlo Pear of Summit, New Jersey. A devoted husband who just got the opportunity of a lifetime. Arlo, the job is in Boise. Oh, that's great. Your wife is going to love it. Great. Did you say Boise? No way I'm moving. That's not fair. You can commute. Baby, it's 2,000 miles. If he thinks it's tough getting his family moving, wait till he meets the movers. (laughs) Darling, they're here. So wow, I did not know Richard Pryor underwent the same ice cubification of like starring in movies yeah. of just the most yeah. mundane situations. It's like like the burbs. Yeah, like, it's almost like it looks weird and and creepy in but a cool way. Please notice that Richard Richard Pryor's daughter is Stacy Dash, playing oh, a character no the exact yeah. same age in Clueless, which is like ten, <laughs> ten years, years later. Jesus yeah. Christ! Wow. 
Yeah. This is probably where she because they're you know her probably you know they're very suburban. They're upset. Mm-hmm. They're moving to a maybe a more middle class white place. Boise. This might be when she gets radicalized. <laughs> And we also have out this week, uh, Pass the Ammo, which okay. is a movie that's really cool. Speaking oh, my God. Of, speaking of movies, I want to hunt down. Bill Paxton uh, and Tim Curry? Bill Paxton and Tim Curry fuck? in a movie called Pass the Ammo. How did T- we miss it, this? Tim Curry is a televangelist, and Bill Paxton <laughs> takes him hostage. What is wow. this week? This week is like, hey, Matt, what's all the coolest movies you can think of? And I'm like, well, if I'm just going off the top of my head, well, what if Bill Paxton and Tim Curry were televangelists and a crazy... And then we're just going to find out all these movies suck when they're all like, you're yeah. naming all my favorite people. You're not a demon. Are you? <laughs> preachers have come under a lot of fire lately. People, I confess, I am a sinner. But no man's had troubles like Reverend Ray Porter. Who are you? I'm the end of your world. Pass the ammo. God damn, <laughs> this looks fuck? so fucking cool. <laughs> and I love how they reference like, is this made in the the wake of like the Jimmy Swaggart stuff that Jimmy we talked Swaggart about a few was weeks just ago? Only a couple weeks ago. But I mean, I imagine yeah. it was a brouhaha that has been. Swirling yeah, well, around the zeitgeist a, for a couple months. Yeah, so. Steve Martin had a similar movie too. Leap of he Faith. Leap yeah, of Faith. Leap yeah. of Faith. Not, the movie's not very good. Movie's not very no. good. That's like the worst Steve Martin movie that he did. He write it? No, he might not. No, no I don't okay. think so. Uh, but the one of my favorite trivia questions: What's the other movie where Meatloaf plays a tour bus driver? Tenacious D. <laughs> Leap of Faith. No, so, it's Spice that. No. World. that in Spice World. Oh, but, which but, we talked about. Yeah, but everyone knows Spice World. So you say, what's the other one? Oh yeah, everyone knows Spice World and everyone knows Spice World. Everyone my age. It's oh. it's Everyone. our uh, it's our two Wong Fu. I don't know if they, that's the hell. those are not analogous. <laughs> like um, yeah. I do kind of want to hunt down both of these movies. Me too. Pass the I want to watch every one of these movies. And, and the, I love it when the trailer voice guy does a southern accent. That almost <laughs> yeah. never yeah. happens in a world. Uh, in the house on Carroll Street, yeah. Kelly McGinnis, Jeff Daniels, and Mendy Patinkin coming down a bit. I mean, serious. Yeah, this drama seems like a real movie. Boo. With FBI and stuff. It was a beautiful autumn day in 1951 when Emily Crane left her apartment building in Greenwich Village and walked straight into a nightmare. Ms. Crane, Special Agent Cochran, Federal Bureau of Investigation, we'd like to talk to you, please. Kelly McGillis. I will not give you their names. Then you deny this committee the materials requested in your subpoena. I know what you want them for, to smear people. Jeff can barely hear Anigo Matoya in there. Daniels. Who do you think protects you, Miss Crane? We came here legally. We didn't come breaking down your door. We came in with a search warrant, not a gun. All right? We're not a bunch of subhumans. You finished? All right. Yes, we're finished. Yeah, That's so, like a Grindhouse trailer. Yeah, it's, <laughs> a, it's an FBI sort of drama. It's directed by uh, Peter Yates, though, who always liked to bullet and breaking away and stuff like that. So. Oh, I love breaking away. That, yeah. No one ever talks about how fucking great that movie is. It's a bicycle is. movie? Yeah, yeah, it's really yeah. good. I, wa- I watch it like once a year. You should watch it for every Olympics. God damn it. I watched it a long time ago. Um, but yeah, moving to television of 1988, uh, uh, March 2nd through March 8th. Hey, Diana. What's this? Uh, Laura Lansing Slept Here is a TV movie starring Catherine Hepburn, <laughs> who's 81 at this time, yeah. um, as a famous author who, for a bet, has to go live with a boring middle-class family and their Jesus. kids. And that sounds horrible. It's in full on YouTube. Um, <laughs> and I started watching it, like, looking for clips, and I ended up just being transfixed. Like, I had to stop watching it. Like, Dan, it, stop it. Because I, first, I love Catherine Hepburn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, who doesn't? Um, I even I love old, pissed off, sassy Catherine Hepburn like the this. Old poop. <laughs> exactly. And and this is uh, yeah, fully in that mode where it just seems like it just seems like a, a movie where Catherine Hepburn as herself just wanders around being annoying to people. <laughs> like, oh look over here, like, we're going to go buy the fancy melons at the 
grocery wow. store. So, like, what about Bob, but with Catherine Hepburn? <laughs> yeah, I love what it. What about Cat? I love it. So, here's a little clip. You get a, a taste of her sassiness. Now, Laura, dear, you mustn't get yourself. Darn it! Call Barbara Walters. Tell her I can't possibly lunch with her today. Tell her I'm dead. God knows I may be by lunchtime. What's oh, wrong? She's sassy. <laughs> she's so she sounds real sassy old. And respite. Well, she's 81. Yeah. Also, she made it another like almost 20 years. So. Did she really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Last film was yeah. like 1994. Yeah. She made it to like 96, I think. Mm. Uh, yeah. She's um, she's kind of my hero. So shut uh, up. I want to <laughs> ask you, since I have this opportunity, where does the you old poop thing come from? Because it's like the go-to. Pond. Oh, is that what it's from? Okay. Pond. I've yeah. never seen that. I would like to watch that. It's, it's very good. It's sad, but it's really good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, March 6th. In the Oof. Heat of the Night premieres, oh my which gosh. ran for eight seasons and 142 episodes and four TV movies. This was like A&E's programming for a decade. This theme song, again, it's one of those theme songs in 1988, like, Chris, go to bed. <laughs> you don't want to watch anything that's about to happen. And in the Heat of the Night, based I was fascinated looking into this because like yeah. I avoided this show like the fucking plague even though now I love Archie Bunker therefore Carol O'Connor where she spent mm-hmm. about the same amount of time playing this character yeah. that this is based on a I, not, I knew it was based on a movie called In the Heat of the Night I didn't know yeah. that that had two sequels it had two? two sequels I've seen I one they call me Mr. Tibbs that was terrible and <laughs> it's I was got a really, great title it's oh, the yeah. best title but it's a Absolutely awful movie. They mm. call me Mr. Pim. Yeah, compared to <laughs> In the Heat of the Mr. Night. Pig. Yeah. yeah, In the Heat of the Night's a fantastic movie from uh, 67. Best yeah. picture winner. And a 1965 novel. Okay. Uh, I've never heard of the show. Uh, no? I know. I know. Again, you would have just been born by the time again, it was man, winding down. Yeah, if I, you had A&E in about 99, 2000, I just This was syndicated everywhere. I know the movie. Constantly. Yeah, uh, I... I've never seen it, and I always hated. Oh, like fuck! TV's not for me anymore. I have to go to bed. <laughs> That's all, it's always been synonymous with that. It ran for so long, and it had that that Matlock staying power mm-hmm. of like, yeah, you're canceled, but we'll do a couple made-for-TV movies every year. With the whole cast coming For me, back. that's a show that was made for me. Is whenever Nick News with the Linda Ellerby came on, I knew it was time to go to bed. <laughs> uh, under themes on Wikipedia, it says that the show dealt with a variety of issues including racism, police brutality, hate crimes, drug abuse, alcoholism, rape, AIDS, misogyny, incest, <laughs> child abuse, anti-Semitism, prostitution, government corruption, domestic violence, gambling, mental disorders, dysfunctional families, suicide, poverty, homophobia, and drunk driving. Wow. So that's a heavy okay. show. Okay. The show went for eight seasons, 142 episodes, four TV movies, and I didn't realize it was a show yeah, at all. And look at look it also switched networks mm-hmm. uh, yeah. it, it's like there's a little period where like NBC will make something and like cancel it and CBS is like our old people are really going to like this yeah. <laughs> we'll take it they like Carol O'Connor they like Howard Rollins Howard Rollins doesn't get talked about enough he's a really good actor I yeah. was looking into how he left the show because he's the main character yeah and he one of them one of the two yeah uh, there's, it's just there weren't I didn't have enough time to dig into it but he kind of burnt out on the show and got fired kind of famously in the last season of the show so wow. he's not there the main character, Mr. Tibbs, is written off the show. Mm. Uh, but it was a, sort of about a, a black lawyer coming back to a really rural, rural Mississippi town to mm-hmm. deal with racism. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's what the original movie's about. Yeah. I imagine well, the a, pilot is yeah, like black, that, too. Black city cop uh, in small town. Yes. Uh, solving a murder, yeah. Solving a murder, but he, it's one of those things, yeah, I understand, madam, almost with you, that, like, this never crossed. It I've never get, seen this. I mean, I'm sure. Yeah, I did watch A and E. I'm sure if, <laughs> if, it, if it reran on TBS or something like that or TNT, mm-hmm. I probably would have mm-hmm. seen it a bunch. because it seems like a kind it, of show. It ran that in would, local markets for a really long time. It seems yeah. like a Law and Ordery show that I would like yeah. sit down and watch. Yeah, exactly. 
Yeah. I would probably watch that's it now. Probably, I was looking at clips of it, you know, because I was like, I had no idea they made a show out of this. Probably a pretty accurate description, Law and Order. Like, anytime yeah. society's dealing with something, we'll deal with it through the lens of this Mississippi town. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but on March 6th, Supercarrier premieres, <laughs> which only went for one season of eight episodes. Oh. It was a military drama show on ABC uh, that ran until May 14th, 1988. It was about U.S. Navy pilots... <laughs> In 1988, Ooh, Navy pilots. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, it only lasted eight episodes. Uh, it was it's, it had low ratings because it was against Murder She Wrote and Family Ties, which oh. is like go fuck yourself, 1988. <laughs> if those are the two shows you're against, but they are they're going for something that is a laser time favorite. Let's watch let's watch mm. a bit of the theme. Are they maybe going to the danger zone? Possibly. So it is just a show about an aircraft. It's Airwolf, but it's an aircraft carrier. Yeah. And then, but it's about a bunch of people live on it. Airwolf only has one guy in it. <laughs> and this, this whole thing is pornographic shots of planes. Yes. Wow. But now here we go. This is it. Yeah. With this, Lieutenant Dale Dar. <laughs> this is Top Gun the show, for sure. Yeah. Some, oh, my God. But Dale Dar is like an actual military dude. Is he? Is he? He's yeah. like Arlie Ermey? Yeah. Yeah? Oh, that's cool. Is he good? Is he a good actor? Yeah. Yeah? I, I mean, he's a pretty good actor. Uh, starring John Bland. <laughs> Tell me about <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. I'm John Bland. Look at my plane. You can be I, my some, wingman anytime. about those 80s themes, those Top Gun-esque uh, themes, man. The yeah. Guitar, grinding guitars get to I, me. I need to know what the technical name is for when the title comes up and then there's like a shimmer that passes over it. <laughs> yeah. That's a very 80s thing. Yes. There's, there's, I know that there's like a name. It's like like Star Wipe. It has he, a name. You can hear it in the promo I make, make for these shows on other shows because I use the Care Bears theme and you can oh. hear the little tinkle mm-hmm. of the <laughs> shimmer. Five, four, three, two, one. That show only lasts. <laughs> excuse me. It only lasted eight episodes. Uh, but on March seventh, Probe premieres, which also lasts eight episodes. Oh, Unforgettable. Yeah. This is so. I, I mentioned at the end of last week's episode, that, story of uh, a proctologist. <laughs> or an alien. Uh, I mentioned at the end of last week's episode, Voyager is just flying through space silently. It's <laughs> for an hour every week. <laughs> uh, this is mid-season. Uh-huh. So we're getting a bunch of new shows and we're losing a bunch of other shows, mm. uh, which means they're just throwing things out there. Mm-hmm. So Probe was created by William Link, who is a mystery writer, and Isaac Asimov. Whoa. Uh, what? Yeah, co-created as a modern version of Johnny Quest or Tom huh? Swift. Uh, they're on ABC. Uh, it was, And it was also uh, Michael L. Wagner. Or Mike, no, Michael I. Wagner, who was a veteran television writer, wrote the pilot. And uh, the pilot's like a two-hour movie, and it's kind of its own thing. And then mm-hmm. the show continues from that. Uh, it starred Ashley Parker Stevenson. Uh, oh, pa- yeah, Parker Stevenson. Uh, He's been around. Yeah? Yeah, Parker Stevenson. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry, I, put, Ashley I put two names together. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Parker Stevenson and Ashley Crow. Mm-hmm. Uh mm-hmm. There is nothing about this on the internet. Like there, I couldn't find That's any clips. Crazy. It might be just ungoogleable because the name is Probe. But <laughs> I, mean, I searched for it. I looked, and maybe someone will find some clips and share them. If you watched the eight episodes of Probe and the one two-hour TV movie, you know what pilot, that means. It means it really sucked. It had to. It suck. means its budget is probably nil. It's trying to get across what what sounds like a crazy premise that I'd be on board yeah. with. Yeah, I mean, Asimov make a Johnny Quest. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> me. When I read that, I was like, oh my god, this has got to have. There's probably like conventions based around this yeah. show, <laughs> but there's not. There's freaking nothing. And it was a mid season replacement, and it was canceled. You know, within two months. Uh, but it says entire episodes are shared on YouTube, uh, and I uh, it's. They, I'm sure they exist, and I just wasn't googling right. But I did find the theme song, <laughs> which is very annoying, and is I want to play some of it right now. 
It sounds like a robot coming to life with a public domain song. Yeah. <laughs> this is awful. Well, that's probe, ladies and gentlemen. Probe. Probe. Uh, very annoying theme song. I'm glad it died. Uh, it, it looks dumb and, and possibly fun. It looks like more of a comedy. It has the sound of a comedy, which yeah, it sounds like an eight is enough kind of thing. Moving into games, fucking none. Yep. Once again, no games. It like it looks like nothing happened in March. I know that's not true. Feel free to correct me at uh, 302010.net. Leave a comment. Let me know if I'm missing anything, or if I if you can find a better resource, uh, that would be great. Uh, a better resource for looking up game dates because I'm sure shit happened in March, uh, but I can't find any. Uh, but music of 1988, their new releases, "Racing After Midnight" by Honeymoon Suite. But uh, I can find. That's yeah. it. Yeah, well, I mean, it's the doldrums of March, uh, but we'll close up by, with Father Figure, which is number one by George Michael. Okay. We will see you in 1998, folks. guys grab a chair because we got to have a serious talk it's okay it's okay no one's in trouble but look have you ever found yourself with sexual performance issues it's okay don't be shy about it 40 percent of men over 40 struggle with not being able to get and or maintain an erection and 25 percent of new erectile dysfunction cases are men under 40 can happen to all of us. So hey, maybe rather than doing nothing or turning to weirdo solutions, why not turn to medicine and science? And Hims wants to help. And you can try Hims today for just $5 by going to forhims.com slash TTT because science does have an answer here. And Hims offers medical grade solutions with real licensed doctors offering real well-known generic equivalents to name brand prescription. These are not herbal supplements, but real medical solutions. One notable erectile dysfunction pill just came out of patent. And as you can probably guess, it starts with V. Hims is just an easier way to get what you need for sexual wellness or hair loss and more with no awkward doctor visits and no waiting room lines. You save yourself money because products are shipped directly to your door. Try Hims for a month today for just five bucks. See the website for full details. This would cost hundreds if you went to a doctor or pharmacy. So go to hymns.com slash TTT. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash three T's. And you can give yourself a little peace of mind for just five bucks. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash laser time. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first and see, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. <laughs> the Superman ride is like riding someone's intestine being let out in the zero gravity of space it's like disgusting so many twists I was wondering holy shit that's my worst nightmare came came to light the Superman one we shoot ourselves up and Charlie and I are in the second row and like I've never seen this before the woman in front of us the first thing that happens we go upside down at the apex parts on you Everything falls out of her. Oh, no. Of her th- oh, no. Everything. Yeah, everything. Like a lipstick and then some tampons Dude, and then a baby. It looked like a joke. It looked like a cartoon <laughs> character being shaken oh, by no. the ankle. Like she. Government secrets fall out. It, yes. <laughs> License plates, old boots. Like it was. Hillary's email. Yes. Yeah, Hillary's email server <laughs> yes. came out. Elvis. Like it all, it all came out. <laughs>
Get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. God, dear God, Celine Dion's "My Heart Will Go On." You knew it was coming. I did. You think it would take three months with Titanic I, I still in the theater? Think I thought we had missed it because, like, yeah. why is this? Why is this number one now? I just couldn't figure out. Like, it's it's been on the charts this whole time. Mm-hmm. It just never made it to number one until three months after the wow. movie is out. Yeah, that's odd. Wow. Because it felt like it was number one for a million years, but it turns out, no, that was Candle on the Wind. Yeah, I've seen people credit this song with, like, the reason people remember Titanic. Or maybe the uh, there was, I think Red Letter Media had a theory that Titanic was going to be a very James Cameron-y action movie, which it is. Mm-hmm. Like, three quarters of it is. Yeah. And that About two hours of it. They maybe, <laughs> they maybe pivoted to the romance because they had been given this song. And we're like, we made, we need this song's gonna be a big hit, and we need to make the movie make sense with this song. Well, I know James Cameron fought having a song in there, but I want to say James Horner. It's the, them taking a chunk of the score out mm-hmm. and turning it into a song, yeah. and that's why you hear the theme basically in the movie. Did you call it the penny whistle. Yeah, it's a penny whistle. <laughs> that that, that um, the instrument. But moon now this might be apocryphal, but apparently James Cameron's quote about "I don't want to have a song in my movie." Schindler's List didn't have a song. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you bitch. <laughs> Schindler's yeah. List didn't have a shipwreck, a two-hour yeah. shipwreck. A lot more people died. From a the thing lot that more people in died in Schindler's List. Oh, that's you, where you're. You only lost two thousand. Come on, uh, two thousand ri- mostly rich people. Yeah, it's not that bad. And some workers. My yeah, hearts, so our hearts finally, go on for them. I my hearts mostly. go on. And it's it's weird just because I don't know that we have a modern mechanism like this, but when you have a song created for a movie and the public is aware of that and it hits number one, this is a this is a hourly played commercial for Titanic that plays on radio every mm. single day. Yep. Remember Titanic? Ah, Titanic. I'm thinking hey. of it again for some reason. We should go see it again instead of some of the shit that's in theaters this week. I, I, I know there's big soundtracks for big movies now but I don't know that it works as well as this song did like, I remember this song being on those like yellow text uh, scrolling of uh, like karaoke. compilations of oh. the, yeah those oh, kind yeah. of things mm-hmm. like when it would be like and my heart will go on and it would go and you'd hear that you'd hear that penny whistle <laughs> yep uh, well Titanic speaking of which is still number one at the box office in 1998 March 2nd through the 8th when will it end I looked ahead to find out but I I'm not think, failing I think I know uh, oh. well I remember it being unseated and then it goes right back Mm. Uh, um, so we'll th- see. I think you've already said the movie mm-hmm. that does it on the show. No, I don't want to know. I don't think. I want to. Give, I want to be surprised. Uh, Hush, a movie with uh, Hush came, Hush is out this week with Gwyneth Paltrow and Jessica Lange. Jessica Lange is a scary mother-in-law in a gothic horror thing, and I don't care. Yuck. She's a monster-in-law. Uh, yep. I remember liking Love and Death on the Long Island, a movie with John Hurt and Jason I've, Priestley. I have met. The fact that that exists, I, mm. it, I, I again mourn the loss of the Kevin Bacon game. Twenty years ago, <laughs> I would have killed knowing that. But uh, yeah, so John Hurt is a novelist. He's a writer. He's mm-hmm. very uptight, and then he falls for this 
like teen idol played mm-hmm. by Jason Priestley, and mm. it's played by forty-year-old Jason Priestley. I mean, that's, yeah, it's like a dramedy. Yeah, I think mean, that's nice that Jason Priestley like leaning into that sort of thing. And John Hurt's supposed to be spectacular in it, and he never got to star in things that much. Yeah, not usually. Yeah, I mean, you're right. Besides Elephant Man, where you can't tell it's him, <laughs> and, <laughs> and V for Vendetta, where he's on a TV the whole time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and also out this week, no, not that one. <laughs> Uh, Twilight. Paul Newman and Gene Hackman are vampires. Paul Newman and James Garner's Twilight. If Gene Hackman has sex with Susan Sarandon, he'll kill her. So he's got to turn her into a vampire. Look at that that cast. Paul Newman, Gene Hackman, Susan Sarandon, James Garner, Reese Witherspoon, Stocker Channing, and Lee F. Shriver, who are too old and fat to look like anymore. (laughs) He's old and fat now, too. I believe that you're smart. You're beautiful and rich. I think people like you get used to having it work out for you. I said I love my husband enough that I would kill for him. Is that the truth? You think it was Catherine's suggestion? It was both of them. Get down! (laughs) Get down! Twilight. I've never seen this. No. I never will. The reviews are sort of... Eh. Yeah. I mean, it's Robert Benton, but he's not really known for doing thrillers. He's more for like Nobody's Fool or Kramer versus Kramer. I do love Nobody's Fool. Nobody's Fool is really good. Um, I had to retire my dad's v- uh, VCR over the Christmas break, and he's like, Aww. "But Nobody's Fool." I'm like. That's it? Is Boom. That Bought on Amazon. Was that Throw in the VCR the when you were throwing it No, away? it was like the one movie he hadn't replaced because it's not like a huge popular movie. And I think it didn't come on DVD for a really long time. Mm. So he just had... It was the only reason he wanted to keep his VCR so he could watch Nobody's Fool on occasion. <laughs> it's a really I, good movie. I really hope that it is on like Amazon and stuff. No, I bought it for him. To, no, but I hope it's there just to, to screw with teeners. <laughs> Especially like in a couple years where it's like... You know, they don't remember as clearly what year it was. And they're like, oh, it was a long time ago, so I guess it's this one. And well, i tell you what it screws there's with. There's no Jacob in this. <laughs> <laughs> it really fucks with IMDb's app. This is impossible to search for. They won't <laughs> yeah. just search a word anymore. Uh, but this is this is notable. Um, a, a sequel that most people had no idea was a sequel. Mm-hmm. U.S. Marshals. And you'll know it's a sequel if I name some of the cast. Robert Downey Jr. into Wesley Snipes. But then Joey Pants and Tommy Lee Jones. This is the the fugitive follow up. Mm-hmm. This trailer is just the same trailer as the fugitive. Mm-hmm. A daring escape, a cross country manhunt. No one had seen anything like it. I have. <laughs> <laughs> he is bored. Right, gentlemen, we're going to divide up and search every house, hospital, hotel, back road, and backwater for Mr. Mark J. Roberts. <laughs> For Sam Girard and his team of U.S. Marshals. You ever make a fugitive arrest before? Yeah, but how about you? Nothing is what it seems. I gotta find out who the hell Mark Roberts really is. Ex-U.S. <laughs> right, Jesus. Uh, we're looking at even bigger buildings this time. We're looking at hospitals. <laughs> we're looking at hospitals, mini malls. I want Disney World's county fairs. <laughs> certainly. I, I, like, I was, we revisit a lot of stuff, and from when I was a kid, the, there, everything I loved is riddled with references to the fugitive. So I went back mm-hmm. to watch Harrison Ford and the Fugitive, the Fugitive uh, somewhat recently. It holds up real well. It's a great movie. I think yeah. quite possibly the most successful TV adapted into a movie because it got Oscar nominations, hugely yeah. successful, mm-hmm. and this like quiet sequel years later, U.S. Marshals. And there was a great clip I couldn't find of Joe Pantoliano on one of these talk shows, and he's talking about how much of a dick Harrison Ford is. <laughs> and he starts arguing at the end, like, no, don't kill my character. And he's like... Because they were going to kill Joe Penaliano in The Fugitive. And he's like, don't get my character. And Harrison Ford's like, what do you give a shit? Uh, and he's like, what if there's a sequel? He's like, there won't be a sequel because I won't do one. <laughs> yeah. And he said, well, just find some other dipshit to do it. 
Boom! Wesley yeah. Snipes. Wesley Snipes coming. It is almost the exact same film, mm. except now Tommy Lee Jones is the bigger star in the film, not the supporting character. I'm not doing a sequel. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. I love that read. I don't. Yeah, because it's it's one of the. I forget what movie we were talking about recently, mm-hmm. but there's like lines you never remember, right? Mm-hmm. And then you watch it and you're like, oh yeah, that's like a lot more subdued, or it's a lot bigger than I remember, and that's one of those. Like, it's a little I bigger, but it's like it's hard to do that read. He's like, his eyes are big as fuck. He's yeah. not being sadistic or cold or yeah. cool. He's like I don't give a shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's not what I'm here for. That's Put not your my, hands up. My job is not to listen to you. <laughs> I am not a lawyer. I am here to fucking kill you. <laughs> but now you, jump off that goddamn thing. I tried to. Ra- it's 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 not a bad movie, but it's a pretty forgettable one, especially because it's very similar to The Fugitive. I'm trying yeah. to talk through this fast because we have one big giant movie to talk about Real right now. Wait, wait, let me let me explain something to you. Um, I am not Mr. Lebowski. I'm the dude. You know, uh, that or uh, his dudeness or uh, From the Duder Academy Award winning brevity thing. Are you employed, Mr. Lebowski? <laughs> employed? You like sex, Mr. Lebowski. Is this your only ID? <laughs> you got the wrong guy. I'm the dude. Your name's Lebowski, Lebowski. Fucking love it. This <laughs> I'm not the joke. The joke's on the trailer. I'm so happy. I was I was on board first in my peer group. I pre internet message boards. I, I was there you. first. I love it because my mom I, would play it a lot. I had to say that mm-hmm. it it says from the Academy Award winning filmmakers of Fargo because Fargo is by far and away the Coen Brothers' most critically acclaimed film. And they at this spit time. in the eye of everyone. And they follow it up with. Yes. The silliest movie. The goofiest, shaggy dog, pointless movie. Yeah. I have to admit, I was not on board with Big Lebowski. Mm-hmm. It was one of my least favorite Coen it Brothers movies. It takes a while for a lot of people. You need to watch it at least twice. Yeah. yeah. But once you kind of know what to expect, which is nothing. Nothing. Yeah. No, don't. Nothing. There are it's... no stakes, and nothing is solved. And the good, <laughs> the good guys lose, and the bad guys win, and no one cares. Everyone at the end throws up their hands and goes, eh. Yeah, well, whatever. That might have happened. Yeah. Why is like think there's another Lebowski out Why there. does it take place in the early '90s? Why is Saddam Hussein there? It ta- doesn't it's a period, fucking matter. It's a period piece to a period three and a half years ago. Because <laughs> we weren't at war with Iraq at the but time. But all they do, all they use it for is to <laughs> show Saddam Hussein for a second, who would become very popular in just a few and years. And I think it was to kind of add a sense of like. Because a lot of those movies it's calling back to are set against, mm-hmm. like, you know, the Cold War or World War Two, <laughs> And I think it's that kind of thing of, like, because it's a pointless war. Yeah. So it's like, it's like, it's, it's like a pointless building, period. Yeah, like, it's, it's, you kind of think, like, are they building the paranoia of the time? None of us gave a shit about that war. Like, none no. of us were scared of that war. It's fantastic. I, I've probably seen it the most. I can't call it my favorite Coen Brothers movie. Mm. It did start, uh, in my opinion, the uh, Coen Brothers non-ending. Yes, this yes. is this is the movie that taught the Coen Brothers that nothing fucking matters. Mm-hmm. I just watched uh, Serious Man for the first time because mm-hmm. I had oh, it on Netflix. Wow. That's and another way fucking to sort excellent. Of shrug. Yeah, I watched it with Movie's my girlfriend, <laughs> and though I don't want to spoil the way it ends, but she was like, "What does that mean?" And I was like, "You don't do anything wrong, and the world fucks you." That's literally the Coen Brothers' entire mantra for the last yeah. ten movies. This, this movie ends exactly like Burn After Reading with a character like, "So everything's okay. It's all yeah. fine then." You paid the lady off. After reading the greatest punchline to anything ever is J.K. Simmons being like, what did we learn? Fucking nothing. (laughs) Shrug. Yeah, well, I feel like this has so many of the Coen brothers' favorite things. Like Mm -hmm. you said, the sort of shrug ending. Mm -hmm. The fact that it's uh, a crime crime gone wrong Mm -hmm. is like most of their movies, technically. But it's also crime gone wrong with double crossing that's stupid. (laughs) 
There's a lot of that. Too. Yeah, it's it's the thin man with a complete idiot who doesn't care about anything. The one time in the entire movie he tried, the whole movie is him trying to not do anything. It's, all he wants to do is do nothing. The one time he's like, okay, this is it. I can be a detective right now. Is when uh, uh, Johnny Jackie Treehorn, is that right. his name? Mm-hmm. When he's writing on a piece of paper while on the phone and the Big Lebowski gets up and he he does that thing where you like scroll, you like scribble on it with the side of a pencil mm-hmm. so you right. see the indent of what the guy was written mm-hmm. and he just drew a guy with his dick out <laughs> And you can see you you can see Lebowski be like the one fucking time I tried and this is yeah. the answer I'm given. But but my favorite detail that he folds it up and takes it with him. Yeah, he, <laughs> it's a clue. He's a wonderful moron. It I didn't notice this the first five times I watched it. Like his whole vocabulary is based on what's been previously said yeah, to him. Right. Not unlike our, our current yeah. president. Uh, this, this aggression will not stand, man. <laughs> yes, it's so great. Yeah. Philip Seymour Hoffman, the, the tiniest uh, of roles, but great. Even uh, Tara Reid. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, man. Uh, Dave, David Huddleston, RIP. Yeah. He's a big Lebowski. Yeah. He's so funny. Oh, yeah, I mistake. Like, he's the big Lebowski. He's the big Lebowski. Our Lebowski. Lebowski is not the, the big Lebowski. The other one's the dude, man. I'm a Lebowski. You're a Lebowski. But little musical sequences, like a great soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Philip Seymour Hoffman is so endearing this movie because he genuinely likes the dude he's like wow this guy's cool like I want to hang out with you my job sucks and the Big Lebowski's mean to me Steve and this Buscemi's lady's there just to, to die yeah Steve Buscemi just, just gets yelled has at a heart att- I, I think they're still going for I thought I read the filming of the Jesus movie John Turturro is mm-hmm. yeah what's up with that the Jesus yeah. I heard it was being it was being filmed I don't yeah. know how involved the Coen brothers like are three years ago I heard yeah. yeah but see that's one of those things that's like the first time around you don't realize like it's a completely incidental character that yeah, does nothing. That does nothing. <laughs> he has zero impact on anything. And He's you, just weird color. You yeah. like is is, so is everybody a, else is a biblical reference? Like, does his name mean anything? No, that's that's why Flea totally and not. the anarchists are there. Like, they're yeah. bigger idiots than he is. It's, it's hard to talk about the movie because it's all about nothing. Like, yeah, you just dumb don't talk about your doing dumb scenes. things. And it's a series yeah. of wonderful sequences. John, John Goodman. And John Goodman. In one of the greatest performances of his career. <sighs> I mean, if it wasn't for the Coen lot. brothers, I don't know that like we'd have John Goodman still in the public eye. They really, really are so? good with John Goodman. Yeah. yeah. Like, they oh, got, my God. The him best. and Inside Lewin Davis is yeah. like, oh, incredible. God. I was like, like, is he going to die soon? And I saw him something else. I was like, what? Is he like, he, did they age him 70 years for that movie? <laughs> you go back to the late 90s and look at what he's being offered. King Ralph. And then, and then, and then what's oh, uh, Barton Fink. Yeah, like, it Bart could have gone. Fink. It could have gone two ways. The John Goodman career, and he, he kept with the Coen Brothers, and is awesome in every single one of their running films. down that hallway on fire. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, Barton Fink, Raising Arizona. I fucking love John Goodman yeah. and the Coen Brothers uh, so that's much. That's another Coen Brothers uh, hallmark. Fat guy screaming. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. John Goodman screaming. Yes. Usually John Goodman. Sometimes it's not. Miller's Crossing has a great fat guy screaming. That's not. I've never John seen Goodman. that movie. <gasps> I, I think I'm down to two Coen Brothers I've never seen. I've never seen Miller's Crossing. I've never seen well, Blood Simple. I think Simple. that's that's why. Oh fuck! I know it's, you got two of the best then, man. It's yeah. sort of it's why on uh, Filmstruck. I'm gonna oh, watch it. I wish it, the Fairly Brothers talked more about why they. Sorry, the Coen Brothers talked more about why they. <laughs> why, <laughs> that cannot be the funniest thing I said the whole show. I was really that's wondering awesome. where you're going. The with Coen. That. I was like, what are you? I wish they talked more about why brother you know, directors behind their the, the, the impetus behind their films because they use a lot of the same actors but like this is like this beacon it's not I think they did it again in No Brother to some extent but it's just like everybody we ever work with come back yeah. John Totoro and Steve Buscemi are fucking we just want to watch your Oscars are, are rad in Miller's Crossing and like I guess they, there's not a role for you unless we write one for no reason is Sam Raimi involved <laughs> in this at all or was he too famous at this? was he off on his own I don't um, think, I don't think so is. there's no Bruce Campbell cameo yeah it's not until the the Coen Brothers movie everyone forgets. 
Intolerable one? cruelty. Oh, yeah. That's, oh. that's the last one. Uh, but like, there's you got a Fargo cast. Member. I've never seen that either. Really? I have seen it's, Lady Killers. I think it's underrated. A lot of people don't I've like heard it. That. I don't think a lot of people don't like intolerable cruelty. I really do. It was the really? bad one until Lady Killers. Yes. It was the one that everyone thought was the bad one. <laughs> now we can all just agree on Lady Killers and, and people get on tried with to day. make burn after reading the bad one and I was like, That's impossible. Exactly. And then some people do it with Hail Caesar and I'm like, that movie rules. Well, like I don't think they like oh, I am man. afraid to watch Intolerable Cruelty because I'm like, I don't want mm. to not enjoy I mean Lady Killers is not a good movie, but it's got good it's got reasons to watch it, I would say. Intolerable Cruelty is like that, but more of them. Like, yeah. maybe you don't like the whole movie, but there are some bits. Like, the opening scene is like its own great short film, mm-hmm. comedy short film, with Jeffrey Rush coming home to find his wife fucking the pool man. <laughs> and they keep saying, like, no, no, we're not having sex. Did I just see the naked pool man just run through the background? <laughs> no? What? Fucking, what? What are you talking about? No. Dude, this hey, baby, I love you. If we didn't say it, this movie did terribly. Oh, yeah. Did terribly. Oh, yeah. And, and critics were really cruel, really cruel to it. It yeah. was not, it was not well taken in general. I remember mm-hmm. a lot of like I got said, the like, movie took... on VHS because Blockbuster threw it away, <laughs> <gasps> threw it away, and like oh, and I became, that ugly kid. I... Ow! <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said, it's like the first time around. It just did. It didn't land with me at all. And I'm totally on the Coen Brothers wavelength mm-hmm. the rest of the time. And for some reason, it just was too too fucking loose and shaggy doggy. <laughs> and now I watch it and I'm like. Oh, that that was totally the point. It's, this is like a parody of a Raymond Chandler crime story. I think if I were older, I might have had the same experience. But this, I grew up with this being on TV constantly, and my uh, mom also owned it and showed it to me a lot when I was like nine. Like when it came, but there's up, a I constant it. swearing. I know, and, and well, and boobies. I have a bad to plug, have a bad to plug a, a recent laser time of swearing censored for television. Oh, <laughs> we yeah. did find the infamous. This is what it looks like, Larry, when you fuck a stranger in the ass, which John Goodman says 45 more times. <laughs> and Comedy Central changed to, this is what happens when you find a stranger in the Alps. Yeah. So you see what happens? Just you see what good. happens when you find a stranger in the Alps? This is what happens and when you find too, a stranger in the they Alps. They follow a lead to this kid, <laughs> and they fucking they destroy his car. Uh, and it's not his car. Nothing matters. Long. Car. And yeah, the kid's just a sullen little asshole, and his, his dad is way <laughs> older, talks. and he's... He's in an iron lung in the middle of their living room. Yep. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Everything about it and is so like memorable. And he like wrote two episodes of of a show that John Goodman liked. So he's like all nervous about meeting this big celebrity. It's just a guy in an iron lung who's oh. like comatose. That mentioned Julianne Moore. So oh, Julianne Moore. And just like it's yeah. one of those movies you have to watch twice because you're so conditioned that hey, if it's a movie. There's going to be some stakes here. No. No. Yeah, no. There's no. not. And the one yeah. person who dies is the person who did the least wrong. It's perfectly, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, and you, and do you Thank know you for the, one of the funniest moments in <gasps> film fucking history. Do you know the, th- <laughs> the, the, the ashes. So great. Do you know the thing about um, he bowls a strike every time except the scene before he dies. <laughs> really? Yeah, the Aww. scene before he dies, he one pin is left up, and he looks destroyed. He looks like oh, he looks so sad. When the Shame, whole movie, he's a rad he's bowler. Just, yeah, the whole movie, he's just like irascible. Like he like he can't get knocked down. He's just he just keeps talking and keeps getting told to shut the fuck up. <laughs> but uh, the the guy in the iron lung oh i think it is just like uh in a serious man mm-hmm. their their neighbor which is just the cohen's observation of a child of what a goyim family is <laughs> i think that's the same thing i think they're like uh, a like fat white kid and his old dad in an iron lung is like what <laughs> non-jews are like <laughs> that's like every uh, but the the idea that this movie means nothing and everything is just about like Let's move on. Let me go back to what I do. The the performance uh, of the dude of every scene he's in mm-hmm. 
his you can see him do this and pay attention to this next time you watch it. He just gets into the most comfortable position possible <laughs> in wherever he's sitting, wherever he's standing. His goal in every scene is to be absolutely as comfortable as possible because he doesn't give a shit about anything. And when he gets stressed, he cannot take it. Like stress <laughs> destroys him and ruins his care. Throughout the movie, he gets so like he's so like chill and whatever in the beginning and like towards the end of the movie he's like yelling at John Goodman. He's upset that his friend died, like he, he lost his rug. Like, like he fucking up his car. <laughs> and then yeah. they finally kill it. They keep messing up. His and at car. that point, they burn it. I love that point. He just comes out after all the shit that's happened to his car, and he comes out, and it's just on fire. It's just on fire. <laughs> and he's just like, "Yeah, I knew that was gonna happen." Oh my god! It's, it is. The this movie's one, so good. It's so good, and it's so. It's one of those movies that like, it's. It's easy to let the fan base of something ruin something for you, uh, but you can't mm, let that happen. And yeah. Big Lebowski has like some of the worst fans in the world. Yeah, kind of. It's quoted by some. Eh, I don't know, but it, it's it's one of the used only for bad purposes. It's how many singular movies have their own convention? Yeah, <laughs> like, a religion, usually a trilogy yeah. or something like that. Dudism or, is yeah. a religion built around being like the dude. He he has become a modern Buddha in many senses. Yeah, yeah. and this That's is the true. first time they worked with Jeff Bridges. Yeah. yeah. They eventually yeah. got him an Oscar, That's didn't crazy. they? No, no, that didn't no. get him an Oscar. Okay, we got to stop talking about Big Lebowski. Mr. Cogburn? Uh, Move on to television. Oh, Please God. see it, people. Please it's talk so about great. it forever. It's so great. It's um, great. Uh, television of 1988. Television in 1988. 1998. Uh, 1998. On March 2nd, Sparks ends after two seasons and 40 episodes on UPN. I can't believe we have to go from Big Lebowski to Sparks. <laughs> fucking depressing. It's a sitcom starring James Every, uh, Robin Givens. Uh, Terrence Howard, Miguel Nunez, wow. Kim Whoa. Whitley, and Arish. Uh, oh, my computer just went crazy. And Arif S. Kinchin, mm-hmm. who I'm not familiar with. Does anyone know who that is? Mm-hmm. Okay. No, uh, it was set in Compton, and it was about <laughs> the lives of a bunch of lawyers running a family-owned law practice. Uh, and then it got reran on BET a lot. Uh, and it's got a theme song that's kind of funky as hell. seems like yeah. it's 20 years too late this theme yeah. song that's what i love about it it's no it's fantastic yeah uncle phil james avery starring in his own sitcom no i never ever heard of this i do love this music even though it sounds oh man he went from a just straight out of like fucking samford and son yeah that's exactly what it feels like and i'm sure i'm sure that was the pitch probably it's UPN in the 90s mm. i'm sure they're like Hey, we've got young black people. Let's get older black people. Like, mm-hmm. let's make a show for them, which is literally a demographic that doesn't get anything made for them. So yet. that's I think it's cool, and it you know it went for a couple seasons, forty episodes. Maybe it's kind of funny. Who knows? James Avery tends to he does not work that much. He tends to make yeah. dis- make very measured decisions. I'll be Shredder, Uncle Phil, and Sparks. Yeah, and I'm done. <laughs> and then I'm done. And Beastmaster too. That's all I'm going to do. <laughs> the one mistake he's ever made. <laughs> and then on March 4th, 101 Dalmatians, the series ends after two seasons of Ugh. 65 episodes. Let's yeah. hear some of that theme song, too. How many too. adventures can that many puppies go on? Really did it. Seeing lots of spots. Plenty of polka dots. <laughs> Get those puppies! Can't catch the furry flurry, running in a blurry hurry. Get those puppies! I I can't I can't say enough nice things about 101 Dalmatians the film. It's my favorite classic Disney movie. 
It's my is favorite. It? It's my favorite pre-Renaissance Disney it's movie. It's really fucking great. Yeah, More it's post-live action film, right? I feel like we yes. talked it, about this that. is capitalizing just, on the live action. It just feels like it got so out of hand in the mid '90s. Like I two think two live action films, two live action films, multiple video games, a series like the Hundred One Dalmatian, like a. Uh, more animated sequel Scamp is a character that I have to have in my brain for some reason. The child of Lady No, no. That's a different thing. My bad. That's 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 Scamp. <laughs> yeah. But too much. There's way too much 101 Dalmatian stuff. Yes. This show, so it was I watched the show of course. Uh mm. this was on the one Saturday morning mm. on ABC and it was Disney trying to make like a Nicktoon in, mm. in certain ways, but also with uh, much more money than a lot of those shows, like it, every it Disney animated show. It doesn't look like anything from the Disney Afternoon. It looks more like something on Cartoon Network. Exactly. That's exactly right. Yeah, They're yeah. making a cartoon mm-hmm. cartoon or a, or a Nicktoon. Yeah, it's and kind of slightly cow and chicken-y to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, I remember as a child really enjoying it. I, but I enjoyed everything the one Saturday morning at Pepper Ann and Mr. Wait, you were a kid. Yeah, you know, yeah, Diana? I was a you child. know all those was shows? Cartoon. No. <laughs> no. I was in college. <laughs> Yeah, but it was a it was just a dumb kids cartoon based on one on one one Dimensions, but two seasons, sixty five episodes. That's nothing oh, to sneeze right. at. Uh, and then on March sixth, Hiller and Diller ends after one Hiller season, and sixteen Diller. episodes, four unaired. We talked about this when it premiered. Uh, okay. It's where Ted and Neil, played by Kevin Neal and Richard Lewis, are two comedy writers, and uh, they're raising their kids. Uh, one of them, <laughs> played by Smallville's Allison Mack, in presumably her first really? real role. Okay. Uh, and they and Eugene Levy, I don't know if we said this last time, he plays Gordon Shermerhorn, which is like Jew, 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 Jew. No, that that's like the perfect name for Eugene Levy. Oh, absolutely, yeah. That's no, it's it's perfect. Uh, but I, uh, I I did get a clip. This is a promo for the show because we're never going to talk about the show again from the holiday yeah. season. And uh, this is one of my favorites. Uh, tonight on this, and tonight on this, <laughs> it's just a great back and forth. ABC Christmas Tuesday. Diane Ladd guest stars as Grace's mom, making it the brightest ever. When you pay the light bill, it makes a difference, Mama. Soul Man has to save a disgruntled elf from going over the ledge. He's still up there. Soul Man. He's still up there. It's Jill's first Christmas without her father, and it's the (laughs) toughest one she'll have to face. I'm having some trouble having to see you with another man, okay? An emotional home improvement. Can you tell all your friends your dad's (laughs) okay? And a hilarious holiday, Hiller and Diller. ABC Tuesday. Oh, Hiller oh and Diller was destined God. for death. They barely, they, like, eh, it's Hiller and Diller. Who cares? Yeah, not even TGIF. It was on Tuesday. Have we talked about Soul Man yet? Uh, I think we talked about the premiere. I think we it's might have up. talked yeah. about the mm. premiere. I just, it, uh, because that promo shows Mark Lynn Baker from mm-hmm. Perfect Strangers dressed as an elf and he's going to jump. And I was like, oh, wait, was Perfect Strangers still on? And I realized, wait, he's sitting next to Dan Aykroyd dressed as a priest. Mm-hmm. Soul Man, And then he says, Soul Man. Oh, like, oh, fuck. I remember it because I loved Dan Aykroyd. Now, it was the cover now, of my TV guide. I'm like, I'm going to watch this too. show. I watched Soul Man. No, I watched Soul Man because he was the guy from Blues Brothers. And, and, oh, and, Ghostbusters. and now that part of my brain is reactivated, <laughs> and I've lost the ability to multiply the number seven. <laughs> the one thing I remember from Soul Man is there's an episode where his daughter gets bullied and gets her Pokemon cards taken. <gasps> and uh, he goes, oh, actually, wait, that might have been uh, my- the... Uh, Oh, who's Doc Ock? Uh, I can't think of his name right now. Alfred oh. Molina? It might have been the Alfred Molina show from the same time. Uh, oh, yeah. They all run together. My favorite episode of Soul Man is where he uh, does blackface so he can get a discount on college. Ha-ha! Uh, see, that's Soul Man we definitely talked about. Mm, but an episode of television I have been waiting to talk about. Oh, Howard my. Cosell reviews old TV shows. <laughs> on March 4th, the Smart Guy episode, Strangers on the Net, airs. Oh, no. What's Smart Guy? Smart Guy. He's a smart guy. guy. Do, 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 do. He was the third Maori. 
Uh, he was he was oh. Tia and Tamara Mowry's brother Taj. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he had a show called Smart Guy, which was Dexter's Lab, a sitcom. Mm-hmm. He's just a very smart kid who was very uh, you know he was He's very a smart, smart guy. He was in high school, uh, but he was but like, he was like eight, he was like ten, yeah, he was like nine or ten, <laughs> mm. and uh, he played TJ, which uh-huh. was like. Taj without the middle letter in it <laughs> and uh, he and a friend help a game designer that they met on the internet design his oh, video game oh, oh no wait till you see the game because we'll we'll see in the clip but I want to explain it for the viewers are they going to go listeners. to the back of a bike shop <laughs> guess what Diana but uh, first I want to explain this video game because oh, even as a kid I was like that's not how video games work it is a basically a VR game except they're not wearing anything they're on a green screen on a surfboard and they're control. so remember uh, the skating arcade yeah, game yeah, Top Skater. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like Top Skater, but a surfboard. But there's like a screen where they're watching the green screen get filled in by by ocean waves. Mm-hmm. And just numbers are going fucking crazy on the screen because that's how video games work. Uh, and, I mean, it's in the ocean, so... Mm. Oh, boy, that was great. This game rocks. Thanks. After all, you guys are the buyers I gotta please. Well, I think we got a winner here. The only thing that's weird is... See, you're surfing in your sweaters and jeans. It sort of ruins the reality of this. You really ought to be in swimsuits. That may be winter wear in Hawaii, but not D.C., which stands for darn cold. (laughs) But you're wearing underwear, right? I mean, boxers are just like jams. Oh, God. Do we want to keep going? Keep going. That might work. What do you think? Uh, I'd rather not. Yeah, I'm more comfortable like this. I got you. You know, I have other friends who were a little nervous at first, but, uh-huh. you know, after they played for a while, they really loosened up. Don't show pictures. I'll show you some uh, pictures. No, no. See? Uh, this is Melissa. She's your age, and the first time she came here, she was nervous, too. But she got comfortable and started getting into it, and before you knew it, she was surfing with her shirt off. I thought you said that we were the first to try this game. <gasps> Oh, you are. Have you been cheating on version. me, pervert? Oh, god damn it! Look at this guy's basement. It is like molester central. He's he got has his own comic book racks. Is that comic racks? I'm pretty sure that's the robot from the day the Earth stood still, standing in the background. <laughs> that uh, Keanu Reeves that played in the remake. Not so much a video game as he tricked them into like film shooting for the Sears catalog or something. Yeah, like that. he just, tricked yeah. them into a special I'm, effect. I'm looking at the computer that that's there. I'm trying to identify it. <laughs> that I computer mean, that's just like thrown on there that clearly is not doing I mean, anything. I mean, it's got a CD-ROM and it's got a uh, it's got a floppy drive. And twain port, the, zip the disk. Small, small floppy, not the big floppy. And it's on like one of those TV cart racks that your teacher yeah. rolls in when you watch Shrek when, when she's hungover. Yeah, okay, different generation, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this, I, I vividly remember this episode of TV. So when people would talk Ooh. about the bike episode right. of it was different, different strokes, strokes. Yeah. Uh, which I think we've talked about on a show at some point we did a laser time about it um, they, I would think of this because this was like kind of right. them trying to make my generation one of those one of those shows Very special episodes that. yeah which by the way if you're already in the guy's basement you're not going to talk him out of it. It's, it's something's <laughs> happening. Uh, it's this episode of TV. Like it did affect me. I remember being like, "Wow, that was a shocking episode of my favorite show about a kid who's really smart." Like special. Like Ugh. this was kind of the end of very special episodes of TV. Mm-hmm. I feel like this yeah. is the last one no, I saw as it aired. The Different Strokes one is notable because it. No one really tackled pedophilia in a no. family sitcom yeah. again. No. I didn't know that it was, happened again. Yeah, and I, I like this. I mean, they're they're nailing like the beats of the the grooming and the yeah. other people are doing it, and then they're showing the photos, and the photos get more and more risque. Mm-hmm. And it's like apparently that's what 
people do. And the awkwardness of like, I know this is wrong, but he's a grown up, and I'm supposed right. to listen to grown ups. Yeah, I think this. I think they're handling this better than they're. Than the different strokes episode. Probably. Honestly. Well, I mean, there's no uh, Mickey Mouse never wore that or whatever the joke right. he says. In I that would say because is. no one drinks wine and does take their shirt off like they do in the different strokes <laughs> one. It goes beyond disturbing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Those kids are into it. In yeah. that episode. <laughs> just Dudley. Just Dudley. Just Dudley. It's more. He's a level seven susceptible. Uh, but this show, it was. Uh, it was another. Like we just said earlier. Like they're not. Uh, I mean, the '90s is kind of like the renaissance of of black sitcoms mm-hmm. that's kind of mm-hmm. when there were the most of them and nowadays it's like you get a third of this is us and <laughs> there's not and i'm sure there are shows that i've never heard of that are still airing but uh to have like a kids primetime show mm-hmm. was a unique thing at the time and i i did enjoy this show a lot um but that with that was a very they did not oh my dip God. into that well that often Oh my god! I'm so glad we brought that up. Uh, yeah, speak- I've, yeah, I've been waiting to talk about that. Speaking I knew of it was susceptible children, video games <laughs> of 1988, video games designed by real designers. Uh, Klonoa, door to Phantom Mile. Is that my saying that right? The first Klonoa game Something like that, Phantom comes Mio. out. I didn't play it till the second one. Um, oh, you didn't play the best one then, because um, the first one's the best one. No, I thought it was the second one for PS2, but yeah. it comes out of PS1 here. And, um, and we talked last week about Nintendo spinning things off. Mm-hmm. Super Mario Land 3 became Wario Land. Mm-hmm. Super Mario Land 3. And then Wario Land 2 is the sequel to Super Mario Land 3. I know, Diana. It's, she's rolling her eyes because I'm explaining <laughs> I, I like something w- even worse than the Rambo titling. I, um, li- I need pictures. I need red yarn. It always has to be red yarn. <laughs> so you can just draw the little lines. Pepe but it's, it's Wario Land 2, the second in the Wario Land universe. Doesn't, uh, But it's... Wario got a ton of his own games. Yeah. Most of them pretty good, and that kind of hasn't happened in about 10 years at this point. Yeah, most of the uh, of the Wario like minigame games are mm-hmm. good. All the Wario Land games are Micro good. Micro games, the Shake It's a gorgeous game. Gorgeous yeah. game. It's a shame it's locked to fucking standard definition. I played one. I'm pretty sure it's the first Wario Land I had and mm-hmm. played the hell out of. Whichever one ends with uh, however many coins you've gotten over the game, Wario builds a castle mm-hmm. and the more coins you have, the cooler castle gets to like at one point it's like a cool like ornate Japanese castle like the one like the one Ooh. you, Bowser's castle at the end of Mario Odyssey. Mm-hmm. And then uh, regardless of how good it is, Mario comes and steals it <laughs> and knocks <laughs> it down. That yeah. asshole. Yeah. Well, with that I gotta say yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Because we're going to close out with Just Obviously. Dropped In to see what my condition and my condition is in by the first uh, edition from right. Big Lebowski soundtrack. Quick quiz. What's up? Does anyone know the lead singer of the first edition? No. Because he went on to have a very successful solo career. Ricky Martin. No. <laughs> um, also, his chicken turns you into Kramer. Oh, Kenny Rogers? It's Kenny Rogers. <laughs> well, this is a Kenny wow. Rogers jam, yo. Kenny, yeah, the soundtrack, this is so great. It has a great soundtrack. And it's like the only time the Coen Brothers made a movie that could have like a soundtrack of real songs. Oh man, it's got that great cover of Dead Flowers. It's got uh, Man and Man and Me from Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan. Oh, I love this soundtrack. Once we see you again, we will be in 2008, people. So stay right there. I tripped on a cloud and fell eight miles high. I tore my mind on a jagged sky. I just dropped in to see what condition my condition was in. Yeah, yeah. Hello, Mr. Mrs. Internet and all the ships at sea. It's time for Diana's Classic Corner, where we look even further back in time this week to see if there's anything worth a watching. And for the week of March 2nd through 8th, 
yeah, you know what? I'm just going to call this the Chris Antista special edition because there's two things that Chris talks about a bunch that uh, I'm going to talk about too. Uh, such as 75 years ago this week, March 5th, 1943, we had Frankenstein meets the Wolfman, which is the first of the crossover movies. So yeah, it's kind of the original Avengers. You know, you've got a whole stable of dudes and, and now they're starting to fight each other and maybe join up and maybe do this and uh, whatever. Um, do you know who wins? No. I had to chime we in. Do. We, the we do. We uh, or, do. Or water. Oh. After a devastating toss into a machine by Frankenstein, I put a gif of it on Twitter and no one cared. Mm-hmm. Uh, a water wipes out the castle. There's no ending. Uh... And they go on to fight again. Oh. Okay, uh, so I'm out it's of here, open-ended. Man. I'm sorry for invading your corner. All right, get, get out of there. Now. Yeah. So, I mean, that's cool. And then they... <laughs> Poor, poor Universal tried to do this again with the Dark Universe, and nobody cares because it's been 75 years. Uh, my actual recommend for this week, give me a second to get there because this is a story. So what, uh, two weeks ago, uh, we had the Laser Time episode about the worst Oscar winners, and there was a point, we are talking about, you know, they, they mentioned all the ones I would have mentioned, mostly the m- movies from the early 30s are pretty rough because, you know, film was adapting to sound film. And so some of those winners are are pretty hard to watch. And Chris said specifically, I quote, who wants to watch a movie from 1933? And my answer, Chris, I'm going to open the door. Get back in here, Chris. Don't shame me. You know what movie from 1933 you want to (laughs) watch? Which one? The one that was released 85 years ago this week. King motherfucking Kong. Oh, my God. I'm so I am so sorry I said that. I know you love King I Kong. I love King Kong. King Kong is great. The yeah. original King Kong, Marion C. Cooper's King Kong, released March 2nd, 1933, 85 years ago, and still watchable as hell. With the spider footage intact. Yeah. Oh. It's so good, guys. Thank you, should you totally RKO. watch it. You compare it to other movies from 1933, and you are super right. But <laughs> King Kong, and honestly, I mean, some of the stuff that's kind of on the boat is pretty stiff, mm-hmm. but... It's still really good. Yeah, once they get to the island, it's glorious. Yeah, and it inspired so, so much that it's the first thing so you got to take it with a grain wow. of salt. So that is my recommend of the week. Watch King Kong, the only good movie from 1933, pretty much. And that's it for this week. Stay classic. Please don't stop the music. Don't Stop the Music by Rihanna is bringing us into 2008, March 2nd through the 8th, uh, which is on the charts this week. Uh, there's also new releases. Go Away White, uh, Bauhaus' final album. Yeah. Uh, War Paint by the Black Crows. Good Time by Alan Jackson. Float by Flogging Molly. And Searching for Hows and Wise by the uh, Get Cape, Wear Cape Fly. <laughs> it's a real band. Uh, and Low by Flo Rida is still numero uno. Mm. So, yes, we are in 2008, March 2nd through the 8th. Some uh, notable mentions here. The f- what is this? The first Simon's Cat video is uploaded? Yeah. Yeah. What's the, what is the, I don't know what Simon's, Simon's Cat is. Simon's Cat. internet cartoon. A guy just makes cartoons about his cat. It's very popular. Mm. Yeah, he, like, climbs in boxes. Not popular they're enough. They're very cute. The kid hasn't heard about it. Mo- many notable animated. apps. Maybe I, have, maybe I have seen it. It's still around. Um, he still makes them. Yeah. But I definitely uh, was there to remember what happened on March 4th as well. In mm. addition to Simon's Cat... Uh, John McCain secures the Republican nomination for president. Yep. And would go on to pick the best, best uh, vice presidential candidate of all time. Mm -hmm. (sighs) I feel so bad for John McCain. (laughs) Better than Eagleton or Muskie? Uh, Man, what if we made him president now? Would any of this be happening? Well, I don't Mm. like people who have been captured, so (laughs) I don't feel bad for him. You're like the president? He's a coward? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. He's a coward. He was captured. (sighs) Yeah. Oh, but those bone spurs, though. 
<laughs> oh yeah, they're yeah. worse than getting captured by the Viet Cong. Yeah, sorry, people. This show is not partisan. Uh, <laughs> and I, I want to stretch just because there's the, these movies. Jesus Christ. Uh, 2008, March 2nd through the 8th, these movies, these movies came out, College Road Trip, uh, which is, you just, we could have called it Moving 2. Yeah, yeah. Well, we were talking about the ice cubification of, uh, of Richard Pryor, mm-hmm. ice cubification of Martin Lawrence, an actual Disney movie. Mm-hmm. Minutes from home. Dad, why do you insist on treating me like a child? To help her pick the right school, he'll have to show her the choices on a college road trip. Oh, oh no. Road trip! Road trip! <laughs> Look! He's gonna drive her crazy. Yeah, okay. Mm. So I guess this is her Raven Simone's first thing after finishing That's So Raven, which we talked about the end of uh, fairly recently. Ah. These were the live action movies Disney made before they acquired Star Wars, Marvel, and exclusively did that kind of stuff. Yeah. Mm. RV, mm. RV, yeah, yeah. Mm. Wild Hogs, you're in it, baby. And uh, holy shit, number one at the box office, 10,000 BC. Yep. I never got around to seeing this movie. It's terrible. <laughs> That's what I heard. And it's too bad because I'm like, we can't run a clip because mm-hmm. all, all of the trailers and all the clips, no one's talking. And like, I'm I'm fine with that. There isn't even a voiceover guy. I'm fine with that. I like mm-hmm. an interesting, you know, caveman type movie. Okay, sure. We can go quest for fire or whatever. Uh, the bitchin' clan of the cave bear. Okay, whatever. <laughs> You know, it's an interesting idea to have an action movie, you know, in not modern times. Yeah, not, not it's in a, a time, Roland Emmerich movie. Not in a time that's recognizable. Mm-hmm. That sounds very interesting. This, on the other hand, <laughs> did you know you could walk from what appears to be Europe through what appears to be a jungle <laughs> to fucking ancient Egypt in like a week? Also, I mean, in montage, maybe. Also, there are mammoths. There are mammoths in ancient Egypt <laughs> helping them build the pyramids. Well, this is Pangea, right? Was it still Pangea? Maybe it's still Pangea. Like, it's so weird because I remember watching a program on mammoths where they said, like, they found out that the last mammoths died off more recently than they thought. Mm-hmm. Probably around 10 to 12,000 BC. Like 61, 62. So, yeah. So, <laughs> so you know, just on this one program, they're like, it's kind of crazy to think that, like, the last mammoths in the Arctic were dying around the time they were building the pyramids. Mm-hmm. And clearly, Roland Emmerich watched the exact same thing I did and decided, <laughs> mammoths, pyramids, got it. Let's make a movie! Wow. Are they, like, lifting up the blocks with their trunks and, like, placing them on top of the No, pyramid? they're not Flintstone in it. It's they're just dragging it. <laughs> yeah. It's really, really, really bad. It's a living fire's gun. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's bad. Yeah, it was way more recent. The one of them OD'd at CBGB's. I, to- <laughs> I, I totally forgot this existed. The man who brought you Independence Day, Godzilla, Day After Tomorrow, trying to make an action movie in 10,000 BC. So this doesn't have Michael Sarah yeah. and Jack Black in This it? has no one no. you've ever heard What's of. What's that Except movie? for Cliff Curtis. That's, that's, one, that's year one. Oh, okay. Yeah, Cliff Curtis is a total hey, it's that guy who always plays Mexicans, and he's, <laughs> he's from New Zealand. Oh, I don't recognize <laughs> him. You totally Um would. No, I'm clicking no? on him right now. <laughs> is he in Moana? Uh, he's in Whale Rider, close. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, Total uh, it's that guy. Uh, TV of 2008, March 2nd to the 8th. A uh, bunch of other stuff I've never heard. Yeah, of. odd week again, mid-seasons. Mm. Uh, so March 2nd, Unhitched premieres on Fox, which went for one season of six episodes. Oh. Starred Craig Bierko and Rashida Jones. Really? So they had a TV show in 2008 for like a few weeks. Mm. Uh, Craig Bierko, uh, it's most notably these days for like Broadway, a bunch of shows you don't care about. And getting sued by Hank Azaria recently. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, over Brockmire. They, uh, oh. oh, they yeah. like 
apparently, according to him, co-created the character Brockmire. I fell down that rabbit hole because that yeah. was like a long-standing lawsuit. But it's really just like they both did a similar radio voice, and Hank Azaria made it into a thing. And, and yeah, like years ago. Him. Yeah, yeah. Brockmire's really good, by the way. We never make minor recommendations. It's on love Hulu. My, it's love fantastic. my Brockmire. Uh, and then on March 4th, New Amsterdam premieres on Fox, which went for <laughs> one season of eight episodes. Uh, it starred Nicolaj Coaster-Waldo. Oh. Uh, I believe that's his. Is that a guy you know? Yes, yeah, uh, Jamie Lannister. Oh, is oh, it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, as John Amsterdam. <laughs> that's what the New Amsterdam means. Real name, <laughs> real name Johan van der Zee. Uh, he's an immortal Dutch man who was born in 1607, who's lived in New York since he was 14 years old. What? On and off. He's moved around the world as well. Uh, who is now a homicide detective. Because <laughs> that's the career you settle yeah. into. So it's Powers. Have you ever read the comic book Powers? Yeah. That's what Powers is. Powers is a, he's a, he's a detective, but he's, he's immortal and has been alive forever. Wow. So it's the Brian Michael Bendis comic book Powers. As a TV show, nobody watched and got canceled in eight episodes. Was, but it, it, was got, it the PlayStation Network exclusive show? Oh, no, I watched that. Sorry, with Shartel. Yeah. Oh, yes, my God. Power, that's oh. the show based oh on the comic God. book Powers. It was a comic book first. Uh, it was a big indie hit. Uh, yeah, no, I read the comic. I, I just forgot the show existed because it was, it was, the show it was, was, it was nowhere to see it. It was terrible. It's really and bad. also on PSN. It's really bad. Uh, for free if, mm-hmm. you have, if you have PS Plus. Uh, but don't watch it. <laughs> so what benefit to being a homicide detective... Is it to have lived in New York for 400 years? I think it's just the job I mean, you're it, on now. Is it just like sort of like, wait, I know there used to be a riverbank over here. <laughs> I guess it could be or that. Like, it, hey, I remember when the bear baiting pit was over there. Like he knows the city better than anyone. It's like the back of his hand. I just don't. Wouldn't you fall into like some kind of ennui existing that long and just yeah. be like an artist or a philosopher? I'm sure you do. No, that. I want to be a cop. I want to bust crooks. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure he has. I'm sure that's a theme of the show. That's what okay. I mean. Highlander did that, so mm-hmm. that could be this Highlander. Was like, I keep dying and dying and dying, and I, I keep living and living and living. I've always wanted to know if you're immortal, can you starve to death? Do you have to eat? There's do you that, have to spend money? He usually gets addressed live? in things like that. Yeah, like uh, Sandman. did do a whole laser time on who what, what makes someone immortal. Yeah. Who is immortal? Sandman dealt with that with that kind of those yeah. kind of questions. I mean, I can see that like maybe oh you just don't have any energy and you just lie there forever. Yeah, I think that's that usually would what happens. Suck. Like, like, like yeah. Wolverine in Days of Future Past. Yeah. Or like yeah. the Highlander, you, you can only die by getting your head cut off. Nothing right. else can kill you. Well, you just lie there feeling like a lump. Yeah. Mm. If you Until someone it. comes to cut your head off. The, uh, yeah, the intro is nominated. The intro is nominated. Uh, Why? Because it's pretty? It's a good song? It's a cool intro. We can see it right here. Oh. Not cool. All right. That's, All right. It's actually just like Game of Thrones with Manhattan. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> that's exactly what it is. Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, and then there's park, and then a building is building, and another building, yeah, and there's, there's no some old timey photos. This is really 2008 impressive. Yeah. Oh yeah, this like, looks like the have, auto. Th- this looks like a filter you put on Windows Media Player. We should get an award for talking about New Amsterdam the most of the last <laughs> ten years. Yeah, no one, no one talked about this much in 2008 on March 4th when it premiered. Nope. Uh, but I mean, I, oh my god, if you watch this show, let us know because <laughs> you have too much free time, even ten years ago. Somebody gave it a chance. Uh, on March 7th, Michael Haynes, uh, former contestant in Press Your Luck, wins $1,127,062 on wow. The Price is Right on, on CBS. The prime, a special primetime Price is Right, which I guess is why they had that much money. That's that's not the guy that broke Press Your Luck, is it? 
Uh, I th- that was like way before, right? Do you think it's the same guy? I mean, it would have been like thirty years ago. But yeah, it's possible. Possible. What if you game? Can you gamify prices? Right, right? it's possible. like a fucking slot machine yeah. half the time. Well, there was there's uh, an episode of How I Met Your Mother about that, really? <laughs> where Barney just studies hard enough because he uh, wants to meet who he believes is his father. <laughs> oh right, right. Um, I think we talked about that. Too. I think we talked about that episode. Yeah. Uh, on March seventh. Chop Saki Chooks premieres on oh Cartoon God. Network. Uh, <laughs> I did not know I missed this much Cartoon Network. Matt made me do a commentary over Mega's XLR and our yeah. Patreon, patreon.com slash lasertime. I don't know how I missed all these. I don't. I feel like I've never abandoned Cartoon Network that long. This show is worth missing. It's is called, it? It's called Chop Saki Chooks. Nah, I'm sure which it's appropriate. I remember at the time being like, seems weird. Why would you call a show that? Uh, went for one season, 26 episodes, but Cartoon Network played the shit out of this show. I remember seeing it all the time and never watching it, just seeing commercials for it. Because mm. it's made by Ardman. Oh. Uh, yeah, but it's really? a CG show, oh. which I guess it's, it's following uh, Flushed Away, so they were trying to make CG stuff, and then I think they quickly realized, like, no, we shouldn't do that, because... Who gives a crap? Make movies set in 10,000 BC. Yeah. I'm tying it all together, people. What's yeah. usually remarkable of our, about our work is usually not like making it CG kind of ruins it, you know. Uh, but it looks Network, really bad. It's really terrible. <laughs> uh, it was made uh, by the animator Sergio Delfino, mm-hmm. uh, who was a Sony Pictures Image Works guy, uh, and it was po- apparently popular in Eastern Europe and run a lot there. But again, it only went from one season and they make special mention on the wikipedia page to tell you the name is from chopsaki which yes that's mm-hmm. obvious that's uh that's kind of like what they called martial arts films in like the 70s mm-hmm. uh and chook which is australian and new zealand slang for chicken okay. it's not racist okay. <laughs> uh disagree how did that get how did this get so far yeah, how did, it, get, how how did, did it get so get, far with that title? Cartoon Network was in real. We've, we talked about it before. It's in a real bad place at this time. This is right before Flapjack and Chowder, and which mm-hmm. leads to Adventure Time and a bunch of other Steven Universe, a bunch of other shows, and and they're in kind of a renaissance now. A renaissance where 99% of the program is Teen Titans Go. But still, they're making some of the best animated content uh, out of America at the moment. Mm. But let's listen to the theme song because I hate you. <laughs> Horses are gone. Eat my fish with zombie is cooking up trouble. Come through, chickens get there on the double. Okay. It doesn't look that bad in motion, I should like say that. Bill thing. But in stills, I was like, there's no way this is being made in 2008. This looks like. The first era of CG. Yeah, it reminds me of the like, character design. It reminds me of like Bud Ugly Martians. Yeah, and, like, and even like it looks like a never. Babies. They're all from a Neverhood game. Yeah, kind of. Take some time the, in your characters. That loopy, very shape-based uh, imagery. Well, here's a theme song other people might uh, be more familiar with. Yeah. <laughs> Theme song by The Edge, which Ooh. is a bunch of The Edge wham, 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 yeah. for like a for a whole minute. Wow, it's a long theme song for Batman and Spider Man. And then the Batman. Yeah, that's when he <laughs> when they wrote the Spider Man musical. I was like, oh, that's funny. I, that's because he wrote the Batman. <laughs> I never theme. knew that. He's got experience. Above. Oh, that's all bouncing off the walls. Uh, <laughs> so this is the Batman on the, the CW. Formerly on, it starts on Kids WB. It means I never got change. to see it. Thanks, CW. Uh, went for five seasons, 65 episodes. Starts out 
not very good. Uh, mm-hmm. And a lot of people really hated it because it was the first Batman animated show since the animated series. But they made it a point to like completely remove it from that Kevin Conroy verse. Yes, at least Batman com- Beyond was still part of the Batman the animated series world. Yes, mm-hmm. it's comp- so yeah. I guess Batman Beyond counts, but it's the first like this is Bruce Wayne as Batman. We're gonna retell his origin a little bit. We're gonna have mm-hmm. we're gonna redo all the villains. Uh, it was uh, Reno Romano as Batman, who was, uh, I think, most famously at the time, no! Spider Man. Oh, and not, not him, yeah. <laughs> Deborah! <laughs> Deborah the Joker! Uh, he, he shot my parents! <laughs> he, Reno Romano was Spider Man <laughs> in the, uh, in the uh, games. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the PS1, Spider Man okay. 1, and Spider Man 2 Electro's Revenge, or whatever that game's called. Uh, which were very popular games. Those mm-hmm. were a big, big deal at the time. No, I think they solidified Spider Man as like one of our generation's greatest superheroes because he had good games as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to have that, that's what led to him being a Tony Hawk mm-hmm. was those games. So that's uh, <laughs> that was the the crossover. Was like, oh, well, Spider Man's Batman now, mm-hmm. but it's a younger Bruce Wayne. He's kind of in like his twenties. Like he's only been Batman for a couple of years. He's meeting all of his villains, and they redid all the villains. Wow. And a lot of people don't agree with a lot of the villain redesigns. Uh, this is where the Rasta Joker comes from. Ooh. Oof. Where Joker, he doesn't talk Rasta. He's got dreads and kind of, he kind of wears like Jamiroquai, oh, no. like loopy clothes, mm. uh, and oh, is voiced no. by a black guy. It's voiced by Kevin Michael Richardson, oh. which is cool. Yeah, uh, but it wasn't Mark Hamill's the first anime Joker we had that wasn't Mark Hamill in a mm-hmm. long time. Uh, the Riddler uh, was like a goth. Uh, like long black hair, uh, uh, kind of very skinny guy. And I believe he was voiced by Robert England. I'm going to show oh. my generation and say this has extreme Ghostbusters written all over it. Yeah, it's kind of that. <laughs> it's from it's from the animation team of Jackie Chan Adventures, mm-hmm. so it looks like Jackie Chan Adventures. I believe so. I that might be that might be not true, but it looked like it. Uh, and it was it was a much more toyetic Batman. They made a lot of, a lot of toys out of this show, mm-hmm. but it's. Totally, it gets much better. So it finds itself eventually? It really does. So it starts out by trying to be so different Mm -hmm. and is not very good. And then it kind of embraces, like, no, there's certain things people want out of Batman. So season two, we get Batgirl. So Batgirl joins in before Robin. Season three, they add Robin. When Robin joins is when I'm like, okay, this show is good. Like, I recommend Mm -hmm. people, if there's a Robin episode, check it out. Because there are some episodes in season three that I think are pretty much on par with the animated series, including the one where Robin joins, where we see the Flying Graysons, we see Robin join him. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure the guy that kills his parents is voiced by Mark Hamill, which was cool. Mm -hmm. And then further on from that, in season four and five, I believe... They called those the Brave and the Bold seasons mm-hmm. because they started to add a bunch of other superheroes. So we met Superman, mm-hmm. uh, who was voiced by Tim Daly, Superman Damn. from Superman the Animated Series. Uh, Green Arrow was voiced by Chris Hardwick uh, before he was a podcast magnate when he was just a working actor still when he was uh, when he was on like Barnyard. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we also get like Green Arrow, and we get Harley Quinn, who was voiced by the girl who played Starfire on Teen Titans. So it was a new Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. Uh, that show, it totally does find itself, and it gets really solid and watchable. It went five seasons. That's pretty impressive for yeah. any animated program. Five seasons, 65 episodes, so small seasons, but animated series kind of have. I'm sure the first season's like 32 episodes, and they order like five or six yeah. each season after that. See, much, all... But much longer than the show that debuted yes. the next day. So the Batman, on the whole, mm-hmm. is fine. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, the same day that it ends, we get a new show. And the let's, same network. And the same... Ne- it starts on the CW and moves mm-hmm. to Disney XD. And let's hear the theme song. Say his name. Living on 
The Spectacular Spider-Man. So the Spectacular Spider-Man premieres, which only goes for two seasons of 26 episodes. Doesn't it make you feel like you were in a, like such a smaller world where Batman and Batman and Spider-Man could have a show on the same network? Yeah, that will exactly. ne- that will never ever happen again. And this show, this was it went to Disney. It became hmm. it, we see the slow Disney starting to pull in things for well, boys they, they and then buy everything. That story goes they purchased the Fox Kids lineup and ended up airing all these Marvel cartoons on its Disney Cartoon Network. Like, the mm-hmm. kids really like these. Maybe there's something to these Marvel properties. And I think yeah. it's it's a major part of why they wanted to buy up Marvel. Mm-hmm. And they should have done it, like, two years before their movies were good. Yeah. <laughs> Could so, have gotten for a song. So, Spectacular Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, only 26 episodes. Mm-hmm. For My Money, arguably, as a piece, mm-hmm. the best animated property based on a comic book. Really? Because oh. Batman the Animated Series has a lot of episodes we forget about. Mm-hmm. There's an episode where uh, Hugo Strange is like, hey, Bruce Wayne, I've got a machine that reads minds. Do you want to test You want to test it out? Bruce Wayne's like, hook me up. Who cares? I got nothing to hide. <laughs> like, a lot of weird stuff. There's a clip going around right now of Bruce Wayne at the... He's at, he's at the zoo, and he's watching a guy explain, like, crocodiles have large jaws that can snap the tree in half or something like that. And he goes, that's it. And then he walks away. <laughs> like, there's a lot of janky stuff in that. And this show is incredibly solid. This show is like all the good parts of Batman the Animated Series about Spider-Man who arguably had never had a good animated show. He had had many animated shows. Mm. He had had the 60s show, which Ralph Bakshi worked on. He had had uh, the 80s show that was just called Mm -hmm. Spider-Man. He had Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends. He had the 90s show we just talked about. And all those shows have their reasons we watch them as children. Mm Mm-hmm. I dare you to watch. They're impossible you, you watched yeah. episodes of them because you They're guys impossible. did commentaries. Mm-hmm. They're not good shows. Nope. This show is absolutely fantastic. Mm. It takes the Spider-Man mythos and it remixes it to make it fresh. Uh, it pulls a little from Ultimate Spider-Man. Pulls a little from Ditko. Pulls a little from like '80s uh, turtleneck wearing Spider-Man, '70s <laughs> turtleneck wearing Spider-Man. It pulls a lot of stuff together and it it remixes it to this fresh thing where like Doc Ock is a crime boss uh, mm. and uh, Venom. Uh, Eddie Brock is his best friend in high school so Eddie Brock is kind of the Flash Thompson and Flash Thompson is still there mm-hmm. Mary Jane and Gwen are there and Gwen is is uh, voiced by Lisa Chabert and mm-hmm. it is a it is a wonderful show that is available on DVD sometimes some of it's streaming but rarely all of it I heartily recommend if you can find this show I I have nothing but horrible ire for that Ultimate Spider-Man show. They canceled this to make so Disney had a show they fully owned. Mm. Uh, that show sucks. They did. It, they also did it with Avengers. They canceled mm. the good Avengers show to make the terrible Avengers show that ran until very recently. Yeah, I saw they were localizing the Japanese one where they're teenagers with with Marvel yeah, the, toys who become the heroes. It's Pokemon. It's, it's with Pokemon Avengers. Marvel. Yeah, it's with Pokemon Yokai. It's Yokai Watch yeah. with, with Avengers. That show's dumb. But it's like a dumb kid show. That show's fine. It's a dumb anime show. But Spectacular Spider-Man, if you've never watched it, please watch it. They uh, got right. a guy named... What is his name? His internet name was Cheeks. 
Uh, and he was he was known in internet circles as like a cool artist who would redraw in his cool uh, sort of minimalist style mm-hmm. comic book characters. So they pulled him from like DeviantArt to mm-hmm. work on the show. And uh, Cheeks Galloway is, I believe, his name. And he's worked in animation since. Uh, and he's got little certain uh, flares that people don't like where like their elbows look weird. But it <laughs> totally works for animation. It's in that period where animation was becoming more and more stagnant mm-hmm. or less detailed so it could be more fluid and he yeah. went in the they went in the less detailed more fluid and the show is just it's really good it's really good it's fun the voices are amazing uh the plots are great it is like if you're looking for a solid like let's how do i get my kid into spider-man and teach him the tenets of spider-man give them this show it's just like ultimate spider-man was before it went on for 15 years and went went crazy not the show yes the comic book i'm sorry the show i hate the comic book i love (laughs) uh i i recommend it march 8th it started two seasons yeah fantastic show not that yeah. many episodes. 26 episodes, but makes one hell of an impression in those 26 episodes. Oh, boy. But you do have a ton of games in this week in 2008. Oh, um, yeah. I should have talked that long about those two shows. No, th- these, I don't, these games are all... These are the notable ones I pulled, because you, these are the ones I assume you might have played. Silent Hill Origins, uh, I think a disappointing game that was made as a PSP exclusive, made its way to PS2, uh, finally, to recoup some of its money. Mm-hmm. Army of Two, uh, Gears of Wars for bros. Oh, like for can, real bros? Is it the game with the fist bump button? Yes. You can <laughs> fist bump. You, know, you, you do a bunch of things with arm bars to help your friend up. They make a bunch of ledges that are inaccessible to one person. But with your bro, man, do the fucking yeah. fireman carry. Throw them up there, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, God of War, Chains of Olympus, uh, an exclusive the God PSP of War game for the PSP. Yeah. yeah. Flow, uh, kind of the beginning of indie yeah. stuff on PSN. Yeah, Flow was like the first like uh, big digital download mm-hmm. PlayStation game that yeah. really made it a home for indie games. Yeah, and then we also had Yakuza, Kenzen. I don't know what that is. That is the Japanese one that did not come here mm. uh, where it is the same characters but it's set in feudal Japan and everyone's a samurai. Wow. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's cool and it's uh, because the PS3 was region was not region locked. Mm-hmm. You could easily import it. It just didn't have any Couldn't English dialogue anything. in it. Yeah. Uh, and Bully Scholarship Edition comes to X Xbox 360. Mm. Uh, a lot of people discovered the game there uh, because it came out pretty late in the PlayStation 2 cycle. Yeah, it was really late. It was like 2006. Yes. Or something. It was only a couple years ago at this point. Uh, that is it, folks. That is it for 302010 this week. Uh, you can find out more at 302010.net or latertimepodcast.com. We do a bunch of other shows there if you like the structure of this show but prefer to be topic-based. That's why we have Laser Time every single Monday. Mm. Every Wednesday, we got, uh, we've got we got Talking Simpsons, a chronological look through every episode of The Simpsons with our uh, Bob and Henry and myself. And uh, every Friday, hosted by Mr. Uh, Diana Goodman, Video Game Apocalypse for people who like those goddamn video game discussions to last a little bit longer than the mm. one I just did. Uh, but we also have an exclusive bonus show for our patrons on, on uh, bonus time, we call it. Patreon.com slash Laser Time. We are largely listener-supported, thanks to people like you. Five bucks... We'll get you a bunch of stuff from us. Commentaries, video hey, commentaries. You mentioned Megas XLR. We just did a Megas commentary XLR. The only way you can get that is if you go to the Patreon. We also just did the first episode of the Clerks cartoon. Clerks, the Animaniacs, 65th. Uh, yeah, no sync required. We, we yeah. got those videos for Make you. Tell Christmas no one. Carol. We did that whole <laughs> thing. Christmas Carol. Uh, yeah, it's a really, really fun way to watch stuff with you guys. We encourage you to support us that and get a little extra uh, out of us in exchange for your hard-earned money. Thank mm-hmm. you so much. Um, but now... Over Diana, you want to plug your Twitter? Listen a nerd. I'll yeah, do I it. guess so. Yeah, listen a nerd. <laughs> listen a nerd. Yeah, let's talk about movies. Yeah, and Diana, we're gonna have to tell us who died during this period of thirty twenty ten. Okay, well, in nineteen ninety eight, we lost Ray Nitschke, a linebacker, Hall of Fame linebacker for the Green Bay Packers. Mm. Uh, he was sixty one. Wonder how his brain was doing at that point. <laughs> I 
don't know. <laughs> probably not good. But the probably like a one crumpled I really piece of want paper. to talk about <laughs> is in 1988, yeah. one week after really? the release of Hairspray. We just talked about Divine. Divine passed away. He was only 42. Wow, really? 42. 42. I'm what guessing it was tragic. I forgot, I, forgot how, I forgot how Divine died. Just... Uh, Overdose heart. on poop. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to say that, and I decided not to. So thank you for trouble that <laughs> no, grenade. Just, uh, heart trouble, I believe. Oh, you know, sucks. I mean, he's a big guy, but probably not, did a lot of drugs. Not so right? big that you, you should conk out at forty-two. That's totally wrong. Yeah. All right, but with the deaths, we got to have the births. Oh, oh birthdays! Birthdays, Diana. Who was born around this time? All right. Born March 2nd, 1968, so turning 50 years old. Uh, born near Liverpool, England. His films include The Power of One, A Kid in King Arthur's Court, Elizabeth, Sylvia, Star Wars The Force Awakens, Lara Croft Tomb Raider, Max von Sydow. Munich, Defiance, <gasps> oh. Logan Lucky. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Daniel Craig. Golden Daniel Compass. Craig. Thank you. If I, if I would have forgotten Don Pardo and Daniel Craig in a row, I might have killed myself. Yep. If I had forgotten SNL and James Bond in the same I, I was You oh, see, I gosh. was hoping you'd get me at like Kid and King Arthur's had, Court. No, because that, that it is didn't so that, embarrassing. But, yeah. He is so embarrassing in that. You feel bad for him. Uh, I know the Tomb Raider had me, though. I know he's in Tomb, Tomb Raider. Raider. That's yeah. the movie American that aired the last Mickey short. That's in nice. Front of it. Yeah. Uh, runaway That's Brain. Cool. Runaway Brain. I didn't yeah. get to Layer Cake or Munich, though. Those are fun. <laughs> I was told by a uh, former Disney employee mm-hmm. that Runaway Brain is the reason in the late 90s you don't really see Mickey that much. Uh, apparently, Isn't that scary? Uh, but it's so good. Disney, though. Disney yeah. overreacts. You know. How do they overreact to something that clearly took nine months to make? A lot of people saw it. No, because they're coming out though. They were. They probably thought this is a great idea. The nineties are weird. We can make yeah. a weird thing. Uh, but I was. Just, I mean, that's totally just a person told me that. Who knows? I, okay. Walt Disney didn't tell me that. Michael Eisner didn't tell me that. All right. Also, can I say no one saw Logan Lucky, and I loved it. I did. I saw Logan Lucky. <laughs> loved yeah. it. Oh yeah, great. It was so much fun. It was. Uh, I didn't go watch that. It was uh, Hell or High Water, but funny. Yeah. It's like the exact same movie. It's yeah, a redneck exactly. heist a year later. <laughs> watch them both as a uh, double feature. Oh, yeah, yeah, watch Logan Lucky second. It'll really cheer you yeah, up. Yeah, watch Hell or High Water first and get upset about the state of our our country and then be like, Seth MacFarlane, what is he doing in this movie? <laughs> uh, all right, folks. Check us out at 302010.net or lasertimepodcast.com. Maybe tell a friend if uh, you might like the show. That would help us out a little bit. But until then, we will see you until next week. Let's go out with Divine's Walk Like a Man. Watch this video, everyone. It's perfect. Walk like a man.